0: Hey everybody, welcome to our first ever Sunday 5 p.m. service. Uh, you're making history uh, tonight. It's good to see all of you uh, that we just heard about the power of love. My cable uh, only goes this far, so I can't get too wild and crazy uh, tonight. Uh, so I'm, I'm stuck up here, uh, so you have to hang with me tonight. Love is a powerful thing. That song is all about the power of God's love. Love is a powerful thing. In fact, it's the most powerful thing in the whole universe if you think about it can't live without air can't live without water can't live without food think we're honest we can't live with a single one of us longs to know who we are we long to know that we're loved and that we have a purpose, and that right there is the heartbeat of what this weekend is all about at Hope. It is rally weekend at Hope. It is kickoff weekend at all of our campuses, at all the services. Many of the campuses had outdoor services this weekend, so we're closing out the weekend in style, and for those of you that maybe didn't grow up in a uh, more formal or traditional church setting or this zone, we're so glad that you're here. That is okay, Uh, and rally weekend maybe. What what are we rallying for? From. What's, what's that all about? Simply put, it's an opportunity. This weekend is an opportunity for us as a church to mark the start of a new season of ministry. To rally back together, and especially this year, we need some rallying. We need some coming together as the church body to kick off many new ministries in the new year. So that's really what it is. There's nothing more to it than that. that rally weekend tends to line up with uh, the kickoff of football season, which I'm sure some of you took in some football games uh, today, and we actually rescheduled this just so you could get in all your games before this, so you're welcome uh, for that, but football kickoff looks a little bit different this year for our favorite teams, for you Cyclone fans out there, ouch, that's all I'm going to say, and Hawkeye fans, I'm only going to say this, defeated, can I get an amen, we're still undefeated, okay, And we will be at least until October or if they get their their minds made up about what they're going to do this year. Cyclone fans, there's better days ahead. But it's going to be different, right? It's different for all of us. For us Hawkeye fans, there's just this part of me, I don't know about you, that feels empty inside, not watching my beloved black and gold run out uh, on the field. But here's the thing. The story of 2020 feels like everything's canceled, And you can cancel football and you can cancel school activities and you can cancel going to work. You can cancel all those things, but you cannot cancel God's mission through the local church. Amen? And that's why we're here. And that's what we've seen the last several months. I could not be more excited for this fall at Hope Des Moines. If there's any part of you that still feels like the church is closed, it never did. <laughs> and secondly, there are dozens of ways, as you just heard from Ryan and Jen, to activate your faith this fall. Some of those are in person and very, very small and social distance. I would say 90% of those are online, and so they're safe for you to do from your own home. And it all starts this week. And yet the heart behind all of that is simply this, that this weekend, kickoff weekend, is a mark on the road a definitive point on the calendar set apart as we enter in a new season to hear God ask us, which direction are you headed these days? Do you do you like the path? And maybe most importantly, do you have what you need for that journey? Today we're continuing this sermon series called The Pathway to a New Normal. And some of you are like, there's nothing normal about this year. And I would agree with you on that. And this journey since March has... Turned out to be way more of a, a marathon than a sprint. It's almost a, like a long, treacherous hike through the mountains. And so, our, our hope in this series is to give you four key essentials that you would without on this journey of faith in the year 2020. And so, last week we kicked it off online uh, and we talked about the power of rest and renewal and taking care of yourself and the commandment to take a Sabbath day weekly to slow down. That's the first thing we talked about, rest. Everybody say rest. Hopefully it's been a day of rest for you. But today we're going to talk about something that we talk about a lot in a different way. We're going to talk about love. Everybody say love. Say love. Love. What could be more essential than love? We want that to go with us on this journey. It's hard to argue that our world today is desperate for love, to rediscover that. And we've all heard the famous lyrics, and I'm not going to sing it for you. I'll leave that up to the band. What the world needs now is sweet, right, love, sweet love, right? I wonder, when you hear the word love, what, what comes to mind? Is it, is it romance? Is it happiness? Is it maybe heartbreak from a relationship? Is it a song? Is it an act of kindness or just a deep emotion? We get incredible mileage out of this world, a word called love, don't we? And I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that you've heard it used for a lot of different things. We'll tell somebody, I love you, like one of the closest people to them. I love you. And in the same breath, we say, I love tacos or a new pair of pants. Okay. We use the word love for a lot of different things. I love my bucks, right? No wonder we're confused. And on, on top of all of that, We try to navigate that on our own, and we listen to all sorts of opinions and what the world has to tell us, and we've maybe forgotten what love is. And it's important maybe that we would go back to the one that created it to get some wisdom and some guidance of what that means for us. You heard it read in our Bible reading by Chris earlier from the Apostle John in 1 John chapter 4. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is, let me hear you nice and loud. God is love, right? And so we learn something very, very important right away. Love is not a human invention. It's God's idea. God is love. It's not primarily a feeling. Love is a person and his name is to learn what it means to love well, we've got to lean into the heart of God. We've got to go back to God's word, to the source. If you look throughout your Bible, the word love is used 310 times. And in fact, one of the reasons that we might be so confused about the meaning of the word love is that just in the Greek language alone, more in the Hebrew, but just in the Greek language alone in which the New Testament is written, there's six different words for the word Love. And just to boil it down today, I'm going to focus on two. The first one is philia. Everybody say philia. Philia, and that's more of a, uh, a deep friendship, uh, affectionate regard between two friends. That's where philia, Philadelphia gets its name, the city of brotherly love, right? So that's philia. But the one that I want to focus on today is a different type of love, and it's agape. Everybody say agape. Agape love. This is the highest form of love God and his children and between us. Agape love is a self-sacrificing love that expects nothing in return. And that's why why agape was used to describe the love that parents have for their children. And I'm guessing we have a few moms and dads here tonight. You have your kids with you. Some of you, your kids are grown and maybe not with you tonight. Or maybe they are. Do you remember the first time that the doctor placed them in your arms or you got to hold them. That feeling, that emotion that I remember so distinctly with our kiddos, I would do anything for you. I would, I would gladly lay down my life. That is agape love. And I didn't conjure that up. I didn't try to have that kind of love. That is the only the kind of love that God can create inside of you. And it happens to be that same love That I would do anything for you is the same kind of every single time Jesus' work on the cross is talked about in the Bible. You know that song, right? What the world needs now is love, sweet love. But I want to make sure we understand that tonight. Not some generic love. Not, ooh, warm fuzzies kind of love. I'm not even talking about being kind. It's deeper than that but a selfless, radical, that, radical kind of love that, that loves your enemies, that breaks down barriers, the kind of love that, that runs injustices in our world, unconditional love, the kind of love that forgives people that hurt you. And that kind of love can only flow from a relationship with Jesus from the source. Because here's the thing, at the end of the day, good values or positive vibes I hear people say a lot, sending some positive vibes your way. I don't know what that means. Maybe it travels through the internet. I don't know how that works. The end of the day, good values, good feelings, good vibes do not have the power to transform the human heart or save your soul. Amen? What the world needs now is love. Yes, sweet love when it's connected to its source. That's the kind of love that changes lives. Now, some of you might say, well, Pastor John, you don't need to be a biblical scholar to figure that out. I told you that I didn't even have to come to worship tonight, right? But I'll tell you, sometimes we think that the ultimate goal is being a biblical scholar. <laughs> I, hear, I hear a statement from time to time. I hear, hear people that are maybe doing online Bible studies or watching sermons or things online and stuff like that. I'll hear people say, Pastor John, I just want to go deep, I just I need something deeper. My, my small group isn't deep enough. My former church wasn't deep enough. That Bible study wasn't deep enough. And, and that's fine and well and good if you're really hungry to grow. Probe a little bit deeper when we say things like that is that what we're craving is just more knowledge and more information. And that is good, and that is an essential part of the Christian journey. But we start to believe this lie that somehow the deeper the book, the deeper the Bible study, the more mature I am as a Christian. And yet I cannot escape Paul's words in First Corinthians 13. Some of you are like, First Corinthians 13, that's the wedding scripture. Much more than that. Yes, it gets used a lot at weddings. But I want to go back a little bit to verse 8. It's that Paul says, where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Get this, where there is knowledge, it will pass away. And then the verse that you know, verse 13. And now these three remain faith, hope, and let me hear you, love, right? And the greatest of these is love. This is coming from post-decorated Pharisees ever. He's a biblical scholar. He knows the Torah. He knows the law, the Old Testament, inside and out. And Paul is writing this book towards the end of his life, and he comes to this startling conclusion. If my heart doesn't beat for the things that Jesus's heart beats for, then I'm doing something wrong. If I am just accumulating knowledge and information to say, look at me, look at all these look at all these things I've led. Look at how much I know. But if my relationship with God doesn't compel me to love Jesus and other people with a genuine and authentic love, then something's missing. Some people say, John, it's been so hard because the church has been closed all these months. I would seriously beg to differ because there are some very deep things that have been happening over these past few months when so many people have just sort of checked out. Members of our assisted living outreach team here at Hope Des Moines, I heard about this, they made signs, giant signs on them with prayers and encouragement and they stood outside the windows of retirement homes to encourage those that they could not be near that's deep that's deep that's agape kind of love do you know that we had student ministry volunteers some of you are here tonight that last spring when the pan had a couple months left of our student ministry year they gathered their small groups of junior high and high school students together in zoom rooms and they loved those kids and they poured into them and they invested in them it would have been easier just to give up and say doing youth group on zoom well, it's just forget about it. They don't want to pay attention anyway, and yet kids continue to show up, and our student ministry volunteers love them and poured into them. That's deep. That's agape kind of love. Enected in that way. Connect with Ryan. Ryan's some there, Ryan's right over there. There's Ryan. There he is. Right over there. Connect with Ryan, because we could still use some more student ministry volunteers for in-person and online starting this week. So if you're interested in that, we would love to get you connected with that. That is deep you know what's deep is those of you that are parents that have young kids in the home and you've never let a sunday school lesson in your life and now the pandemic hits and you're like why how do i do this at home, kids in the living room and you're taking the lessons or you're opening up your children's bible you're doing the very best that you can and you're teaching your kids and you're modeling for them that faith doesn't shut down just because a pandemic hits In fact, we need Jesus even more. So you've gathered your kids and your family together on a Saturday night or a Sunday morning and you do Hope Kids and you do church together. That's deep. That's powerful. Why? Because it's showing an agape kind of self-expecting nothing in return type of love. And don't get me wrong, studies and blogs and reading articles online are very, very important. I just want to challenge you tonight. As you do all of that, does your heart beat for the things that Jesus' heart beats for? Does it compel you to love people more like Jesus? Which then begs the question, what does that actually look like? If you're going to say, I'm going I'm to go out this week, Pastor John. I'm going to love with an agape kind. How do we do that? How do we do that? I want to share with you, among many, three things of what I believe God's word shows agape love is. First of all, agape love is messy. Everybody say, Messy. Anybody got a messy home right now besides me? Okay. It's, it's tough, right? It's hard. And I'm not just talking about that kind of mess. I'm talking about love is, it's messy. It's risky. Anytime that we love somebody, that that agape love will not be returned. I remember so vividly. It was the spring. It was March of 1995. Do you remember what you were doing in 1995? It was my first dance of junior high. And if there's a word to describe the experience of junior high, I'm sure for a lot of us, other than puberty, it's awkward. Can I get an amen? It's just an awkward season of your life. It's my very first junior. Nothing could be more awkward than 50 junior high girls, seventh and eighth grade girls in their floofy dresses, all huddled up in the corner of the the gym and then you've got 50 or 60 junior high boys that are already hot and sweaty because they're nervous and all they would rather do is play basketball in the gym and it's a face-off and they're just standing looking at each other and nobody's venturing across the wide chasm in the gym. Why? Because you know why. Do you remember cooties? Does anybody remember cooties? Okay, maybe that was just a weird story city thing for me, but you don't want to get in near junior high girls or boys because they have cooties. And all of a sudden, this one brave soul from the boy's side starts wandering across the great divide of the gym, and his name was Jonathan. You may know him. And I'm walking across. No, I'm not walking across. I'm like kind of sashaying across the gym, Do I think, because there is this girl that I have had a crush on for a long time, and I'm like, this is it. I don't care. It's a junior high dance. I don't care if the dance, you could fit two, ballo- two balloons between you and the power of the Holy Spirit. Plenty of room for the Holy Spirit at a junior high dance, but I'm going for it. I don't care, and so I sashay over, and I look at this girl, and I'm sure that I fumbled over my words, and it felt like the entire school was watching me. All the girls, all the boys, everybody's giggling. <laughs> and everybody's giggling and the entire school watching and I said something to the effect of hey do you want to dance with my hot sweaty body and come on over and dance with me and I'm sure it all came out wrong because the, I don't remember what I said but all I remember is that she looked at me and with the entire school watching she burst into tears and with her entire posse of junior high girls they ran right to the women's bathroom where they stand, stood for the rest of the night. Thank you. Thank you. Any dating advice you need, I'll be here. Be here all night. Grown a little bit since then. When you risk love, sometimes they run away and run into the girl's bathroom. When you put your heart out there cuz it's a risk to walk across the gym and nobody knows that better than our God, when you love somebody with an agape kind of love, I mean, here he is enthroned in the comfort and safety of heaven, and he devises this master plan to save the world that launches him across broken, sinful, messy world. And we read in John chapter 1, the word became human and made his dwelling among us. The junior high boy made his dwelling among the girls and he went across the chasm, and yet it says the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people and even they rejected him. And yet he came anyway. Jesus walked across the gym into a world full of sin and brokenness because that's what agape does. And I don't know what that might look for, like for you this week. Maybe agape love for you walks across the street to your neighbor to check in on them to see how they're doing or to initiate a relationship. Maybe they're just as lonely as you are. Maybe Agape Love walks across this park tonight when we're done and inter- introduces yourself to somebody else from a distance and waves and tells them, I am so glad that you are here tonight. Maybe somebody needs, maybe Agape Love is looking around you tonight and saying, You know, there were some people that I worshiped with when we were indoors and I haven't seen them the last couple of weeks. I'm going to purposely go invite them. I'm going to reach out and find them. Who can I invite? Agape love walks across the gym floor, it walks across the lines of race or denominations that say we're going to be the church together, even if it crosses over lines that the world has drawn up. If you were around a couple Saturdays ago, if you were around this past week for our online Zoom gathering with Elam Christian Fellowship, you've hopefully heard By now, the exciting news, and if you haven't, here's the exciting news, that God has led us now to pursue this full-on merger with Elam Christian Fellowship under our new name coming this fall, Hope Elam. We give some God some praise for what he's doing. We're excited about that. And let me say beyond measure about the impact that this is going to have for our church and for the kingdom, but make no mistake, if I can be honest with you, It's not easy. In fact, it's really hard. (laughs) It's messy. It's like walking across the gym floor when it's easier to not. Because we're human. And people from both churches have fears. We have wounds and we have walls that we've put up, whether it's the topics of race or just our opinions on what the church should be. But hear me say this. I would rather be a church, to use a football metaphor on this kickoff weekend, I would rather be a church that's engaged on the field than that's sitting on the sideline in fear and what-ifs. Amen? I would rather be a church that's engaged and messing up and stumbling through it and sometimes saying the wrong thing and sometimes getting offended and walking straight in. Life is way too short to play it safe as the church when it comes to walking over those lines. Yeah, praise God. Absolutely. And if you and I can learn over the next couple months, already learning this, so many of us, if we can learn to surrender our biases and surrender our agendas and of what we think that church should look like and say, God, what is your heartbeat for the city of Des Moines? And I want Hope Des Moines to look like what it looked like. Not my favorite worship songs, not my favorite style of preaching, not my whatever the church building is going to look like, not whatever I want the ministries to look like. God, It's whatever gets the Jesus thing going. That's our agenda. It's not mine, it's not yours, it's his. And I believe that God is going to change lives and impact this city through this merger in ways that we could have never imagined. And here's the thing, though, that's going to get in the way of that is I wonder if we've lost the ability to get messy. (laughs) And I'm not talking about going and jumping in the water and sliding through the mud messy. I'm talking about relationally messy, especially in the church. Because when we're not willing to get messy, we can't grow. And we saw this in our Bridge to Racial Unity class that we did this summer. Just a show of hands, how many of you were in that Be the Bridge class this summer? Yeah, quite a few of you. That's awesome. We got messy messy. And I remember over these last couple weeks, talking to people from both churches that came in with fear and with bias or assumptions about people that are black or people that are white or people that are liberal or people that are conservative. And you know what we did? We listened to each other. And we shared our stories. And you could see walls come down and you could see hearts that were hard start to melt. And we learned this. Distance, fear, but proximity creates empathy. I don't think you got it. Let me say that again. Distance creates fear, but proximity creates empathy. And now maybe we start to see the danger of only engaging people through heated debates on our favorite social media channels, right? Because here's the thing about social media. When I start debating with you and I take on a a Facebook or an Instagram post or something like that, I can hide. I don't have to forgive. I don't have to cry alongside of you. I don't have to listen and seek to understand. I can do that from a distance. I can hide. And I love how one of my favorite uh, authors, maybe you've heard of him, Bob Goff, says this. I used to want to fix people. But now I just want to be with them. Think about that for a second. I do want to fix people, but now I just want to be with them. It's the power of relationship, of proximity. It's what Jesus modeled for us. And I want to be clear, that doesn't mean that we don't ever stand up for and speak truth. It's remembering that truth spoken without love falls on deaf ears. Truth spoken without love falls on deaf ears. Ears. Agape love is messy. Everybody say mess. And secondly, agape love goes to the source. It goes to the source. Back to 1 Corinthians 13. If you've got your Bibles, or your Bible apps, you're welcome to follow along. Yes, it's the love chapter. And we've been doing some weddings during the pandemic uh, as well from a distance with our masks on and everything like that. And this passage continues to come up. And oftentimes when I'm meeting with couples in pre-marriage counseling or whatever, I will challenge them in this passage of 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind and you go, and I challenge them, here's a good litmus test for your agape love. Put your own name in there. Joe is patient. Mary is kind. Joe does not envy. Mary does not if you're a Joe or a Mary, I just those are random, okay? I'm not calling you out. Mary does not boast, Joe is not proud, and so on and so on. A good litmus test for how we're doing with agape love. And it's rather sobering to realize, I that, John, on my own. I can't love my spouse like that. I can't love my kids like that. I can't love my friends like that. And love is not about trying harder. It's not primarily a feeling. It's a person, and his name is Jesus. And so we've got to go back to the source. We don't muster it up and try harder. We go back to the source to get filled up again and again and again. Hang right there. I got a prop. So a couple weeks ago, we were out in the backyard with our kids, and they were playing in our, in our little sandbox. And I was watching them, and they had this bucket that had been filled with rainwater. And then they had these two little cups and they were running back and forth from the sandbox to this bucket that was full of rainwater on the other side of the yard. And I'm like, guys, what are you, what are you doing? And they both pointed to the sandbox and say, we're making a castle with a moat. You know, the trench around the outside of the castle. And they're running back and forth. And they come to the bucket. And they scoop up in these tiny little cups. That couldn't really fill up the moat at all, and I'm just looking as a dad behind the scenes and say, "This is this is not going to work at all. This is a disaster in the making. They're going to be doing this all day. They're going to get so frustrated. And so, without them noticing, I go back and get the hose and turn it on full blast. And there, both of them are sitting in the sandbox with their tiny little moat and every to the bucket that just won't fill it up, and they dump in their little cup, and then it just obviously dissolves right into the sand, right? And I come over with the giant hose and just go, and just spray it all down. I hose them down. They're laughing. They're giggling. They're screaming. I hose the whole castle down. I hose them down, the entire sandbox down, and I pull it back, and they're just looking at me, like with these big eyes as water is just dripping down, and they're giggling, and I say, and now you have a moat. And just hosed it all down, okay? Because here's the thing. Some of us are dipping our cups in a bucket of rainwater and Jesus is ready to satisfy your soul. Go to the source and get drenched in God's love today. And you and I, we run to all sorts of buckets in our lives. Sometimes it's it's just the bucket of trying harder. It's as innocent as that. Other times, our, our little cups that we try to, to to fill our souls up, our purposes, our causes, our agendas, even our fights for justice and, and racial equality or our voting rights, or you go down the list, all these good causes. But at the end of the day, they can't fill us up because you will burn out if you separate the cause from the one that gave you the passion for that cause to begin with. And his name is you are going to flame out if you are sold out for a cause instead of the God behind that cause. Does that make sense? It's never going to fill you up. You're going to keep scooping and going back to that same bucket again and again, and it's not going to fill you up. As strange as it sounds, especially during this pandemic pandemic, you've all discovered this the bucket called my spouse called my beautiful family it's never going to feel you've discovered that no other human being can satisfy your soul and i've never met someone that doesn't want to love well and consequently the greatest gift that you can give to your spouse to your kids to your friends is a daily relationship with Jesus. The answer is not, I'm going to try to be a better husband, a better wife, a better mom, a better group leader, a better employee. It's, I'm going to get closer to Jesus. I'm going to receive his love. Don't forget 1 John 1, 4. God is love, not love is God. (laughs) If love is our God, if, if being a good or moral or kind person is our goal, That's idolatry. (laughs) Maybe it's time to get reconnected to the source this fall, to stop trying to scoop it up in your little buckets and turn on. get the hose out and get drenched in God's love. That's where the passion comes from. That's where the motivation comes from. That's where the courage comes from. That's where the boldness comes to not give up on your faith during a pandemic. You've got to go back to the source and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen. And maybe these last six months have been really draining for you, and yet here we are on this kickoff weekend, and you find yourself on lines of church, of your faith. And your Pastor John, you're up there talking about getting in the game and all of that. You better believe I am, because Jesus wants you on the field not on the sidelines, but in the game. You're not some random face in the crowd tonight. You're not just a pair of eyes that I can see tonight. You are a part, an integral part of this team called the church. In fact, it's it's all teed up for you. Ryan, you got the the ball. Uh, everybody give Ryan a round of applause. Here he is. Little known fact, Ryan was a, uh, a field goal holder in a previous life before before God called him to student ministry, he, he had a multi million dollar contract uh, holding for the Vikings. They could have used it today. And uh, oh, everybody say, laces out, Ryan. Laces out. So here's the deal every single one of us, we've got this life in Jesus for us. It's ready to go. Weekly worship inviting your friends. Who's God calling you to invite one of the next couple weeks to worship? Maybe it's to join your small group, classes, groups, outreach, all of it all starting this week. It's all ready. It's set up for you. All you gotta do is walk up and and kick it off. It's all ready for you. It's all teed up. In fact, somebody came up to me this past week and said, "John, part of being a pastor right now. In all of the mystery and all of the start and stops and and unknowns, what's the hardest part? And without thinking, (laughs) I said that there's people in our church that don't know that we're gathering. That there's people in our church that still think that we're closed. That there's people in our church that don't know that community is available to them. That there's people in our church that don't know is that when we get outside of our serving others, that's where the joy comes from. That's where the passion comes from. It's all teed up for them. That's my, that's my greatest fear is that people don't know. And my challenge to you tonight as you look around is who's going to be here next weekend with you, sitting six feet away from you? <laughs> Who are you going to invite? Who do you miss Call them, email them, reach out to them and say, you've got to be here. You've got to get, it's all teed up for you. God is waiting for you to get in. Who do you miss? Who, when you're at home, you say, oh, I really miss so-and-so from church. Have you called them? Have you emailed them? We have the greatest news in the world. For God so loved the world that he gave you his one and only son. It's all ready and waiting for you. You just accept the gift. It's time to kick it off. And so some of us will say, I'm I'm John, I'm all ready. Here I go. You guys ready for this? Sorry if you're down in front. Sometimes I shank it or I, I muff it. If you're in the first five rows or so, I'm sorry. I'm gonna do the best I can, but we do we kind of do things like this. We go, I'm all ready. You know what? I'm gonna wait. This is when you pay attention to the sermon, right, people? I'm gonna wait till things get back to normal. I guess my gentle challenge for you tonight is when's that gonna happen? If you're waiting for things to get back to normal, to activate your faith, to get involved, to find community, to worship weekly, to join a small group, to take a class, when are things going to... Oh, no, I've got it, Pastor John. I'm ready. I'm ready. Here we go. You guys ready? Here we go. You know, it's not a really good season uh, for me and my family uh, right now. I haven't uh, recently. I'm just not ready to, to do that. I'm just going to wait till things uh, calm down a little bit. When's that going to happen? When are things going to calm down for you? In your life, oh no, no, John, I'm ready. Okay, Ryan, you ready? We're really gonna do this. Okay, I'm serious. We're really gonna do this now. Okay, we're switching. that part. Okay, here we go. I really gotta. We're really gonna do this. All right. Oh, you know what? I'm just not quite uh, ready to do that right now. I I'm fine just kind of taking in a worship service in the back, uh, and that's fine and everything. But I just can't do this following Jesus thing as a life. Ryan, I just I just can't. I'm not ready to 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 kick it off yet. I just I just can't can't do that and. Here's the thing. Love is messy. Love goes to the source. And to quote our good friend Bob Goff, one word love does. Love takes action. Love sees the life of faith that has been teed up for you through the power of Jesus Christ. He's done everything to be in a relationship with you. There's all these opportunities available for you in the local church. And we're just calling you to look at it and say, I am ready to go. You are the kicker. You have been called into the field. It's time to kick it off. You ready for this? You know what? It's not my kick. It's your kick. And God is holding the ball out in front of every single one of you tonight saying, it's time. And I can tell you, I have been dreaming about doing this for 12 years of preaching. And here we are at an outdoor service, and I'm not going to break the projector, and I'm not going to break any lights. I might break somebody's face, so I apologize for that. But I'm going to kick this thing as hard as I can. Can I get a a drum roll from uh, the... the Ow! That hurt. That was a lot of fun. I hadn't practiced that beforehand. Thank you, Chris, for saving the small children over there. Thank you. Don't miss the j- in the game, folks. Kick it. It's rally weekend. It's kickoff weekend, and it's all teed up for you. God loves you. God could not love you any more than he loves you right now. He has done everything to be in a relationship with you, so go to the source, and when you do, it will overflow. And all of these things we've talked about today— move from get to, from got to's to get to's. I get to serve. I get to grow. I get, I get to worship you, Jesus. What an honor because I follow Jesus and it's kickoff time. It's time to activate your faith this fall, Hope Des Moines. Let God's love all the way in. Experience God's love in a brand new way tonight. More important than any word that I've spoken to you tonight might just be you in these next few moments is listening to the heartbeat of a God that walked across the gym, who walked across heaven and earth and risked it all for you so that you could know how dearly loved you are on this rally weekend. And so as we close, I'm going to invite all of us to stand. Wherever you are, the band's going to lead us in this new song about the power of God's love for every single one of us. If you don't know the words, that's okay. Just listen to it being sung over you. It's time to receive God's love, hope, to get in the game. Amen.